Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. I'm Shauna. This is Everyone's Talking Money. And in this episode of Ask Shauna, I'm sharing two listener questions and jumping headfirst into sharing my biggest money lessons and the things I wish I would have done differently if I could do them all over again. Welcome to Everyone's Talking Money podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Game. There's no judgment, no dumb questions, just smart conversations about you and your money. So come on in and grab a seat. Everyone is welcome here. Welcome to my little corner of the world and another Ask Shauna episode where I'm tackling two questions that kind of feel like they should go together in today's episode. Before we jump into that, I just really want to ask you, how are you doing out there? I know I can't see you or I can't hear you, but I just want to say thank you for being here and and giving me the platform to do what I love to help you with your relationship with money and everything that goes into that. And I just wanted to let you know how much I really appreciate you. And I'm so thankful 
for every listen and share and just for you being here. And I hope you're having a good day. I hope wherever you are in whatever situation you're in that listening to this episode can just bring you a little bit of hope, maybe some laughs, maybe some enjoyment, a little education, just can help really make your day. That's really my goal with all these episodes and certainly with the Ask Shauna episodes. You know, I suffered hearing loss uh, in my left ear. I'm deaf in my left ear back in 2018. If you haven't heard the whole story, go back and listen to uh, a couple of those episodes around that time period. I'll walk you through what that was like to go from one day being somebody who could hear from both ears (laughs) to all of the sudden, one day, someone who could only hear out of one ear. And I have all sorts of crazy side effects that go on with it. My nervous system is just always kind of on the fritz. I have chronic tinnitus, which is like the worst, absolute worst TV static. Very loud, blasting all the time in my ear, day and night. It's like hard for my body just to relax. And normally when you go to sleep at night, your brain kind of turns off and your body's able to relax and enjoy the sleep. But that doesn't happen to me. <laughs> I'm kind of like chronically in this place of of stress and my body really feels it. I have fatigue all the time. It's tough to do my job as a podcaster. And so uh, there's just so many different, I don't know, things I've had to learn in the kind of this new way of living. And over the last few years, I really sat down to ask myself, you know, if I could do anything and make money, what would it, what would it be? And I always come back to having these conversations and helping you figure out how to live a better version of life without having to make more money or win the lottery or have anything, you know, crazy and outlandish happen to you. Like, how do you, how do you do things better with what you've got right now? How do you find peace and ease when everything in the world just kind of feels crazy. And I think most importantly, how do you show up in the world as authentically as possible? Look, I get it. I know it's a tough task, my friend, but it's really what inspires me every time I put out a new episode. So long-winded way of just saying thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening to these raw off the cuff episodes, these Ask Shauna episodes where I just kind of talk. (laughs) And there's very little editing on these episodes. You're just getting it very raw and unfiltered because I think this is how it would be if we were sitting across from each other having a conversation. All right, let's dive into the first question. This one is from Bernice who says, hi, Shauna, love everyone's talking money podcast. I listen to you on my morning walks every morning, and in a weird way, I feel like you're right there with me. You pep me up, and I appreciate your vulnerability, because I would imagine that it's hard. Yes, Bernice, it is actually hard. Bernice says, you've done a lot of podcast episodes, and I know you've worked with a lot of people over the years. If you had to sum it all up, what would you say are your top maybe five to ten money lessons that you really wish everyone knew? I know you cover a lot of them on different episodes, but for selfish reasons, I'd love to have you spill them all in an Ask Shauna episode. Thank you so much, and I look forward to walking with you every morning. Thanks so much, Bernice. Thank you for being a listener. 
Thank you for taking me on your walks every single morning. That's exciting. It's really weird. You say that you feel like I'm right there with you. I sort of feel that that same connection, even though when I record these episodes, I am just in my home office with a microphone <laughs> staring out a window. But I really feel everyone listening, I feel like you're right there with me. And that's what makes this super exciting. All right. So gosh, you want to know money lessons. All right. I, I've i come up with, I think, eight, my top eight money lessons. I started writing them down when I was thinking about this question and I came up with a very long list. I'm like, ooh, wow, that's a lot of money lessons. <laughs> but I think these are, are my top eight. And if you were to ask me what my top five to 10 are, these are be the things that I'm going to come back to over and over again. So the first thing is, wow, start investing in low cost index funds or ETFs and make it an essential expense. So I just really, really wish that I would have done that for myself in the very beginning. When we first started investing, I was married young. I got married young the first time at 24. And we started putting money into my then husband's 401k. And he was the one who had a corporate job. I've always been uh, pretty much an entrepreneur my entire career. And so we just dumped a lot of money into his 401k, which was great because by the time I was somewhere around 25, 26, I think that account had grown to close to $200,000, which is pretty amazing. And back then, I'm going to sound really old, but back then we didn't have all of these low-cost index funds and ETFs. It was primarily just investing in mutual funds. And, you know, there there weren't a lot, lot to choose from when you're investing in 401k. Usually the company kind of caps the amount of funds that you can invest in, but we had done really well. But I wish that I had started that for myself from the very first job that I have. So I started a, a film festival when I was in college at 19 and I started making money and I really wish I would have set up some sort of an investment fund for myself, even just contributing a really small amount of money. And I wish I would have just kept doing that over and over and over again, no matter what season of life I was in, because fast forward 20 years, that would be a very large number in that account. And it would make me very, very happy. <laughs> My number two money lesson would be to figure out how you feel about money. I know we talk about this a lot on the show, and I do that for a very specific reason. And it's because most of us don't really understand how we feel about money and how that then in turn impacts your money decisions and what you do with your money and how you're able to achieve your goals and on and on and on, right? We've done so many episodes on this because I think it is just so important. So I think really figuring out what money patterns do you do because of someone who raised you did them. So if you watched your parents or whoever raised you do certain things, have certain feelings around money, the chances are that you are going to do some of those same things and have some of those same feelings, or you might actually do the complete opposite. So if your parent was 
really risky or I'm, I don't know, I'm just going to make up a scenario. Maybe they were a workaholic or maybe they stressed out about money all of the time. You might do the complete opposite of that. And it's not that one is better or worse than the other. It's just that we, we repeat patterns. We're just human, right? And so we model what we've seen or we model what is the opposite of what we've seen because we don't want to be like what we've seen, right? <laughs> and so the problem in that though is that we do these things really automatically and they get in the way of us being able to do the things with our money that we really want to do. Also thinking about what makes you anxious about money? What are the triggers? What are the things that get you kind of all turned up and twisted about money? What are your spending triggers? So are you somebody who, when you get stressed out, like the first thing you want to do is go spend money? I'm kind of the opposite. When something good happens in my life, that's when I go and just put everything in my online shopping carts and I really have to come back to a lot of the money tips and strategies and all the things that I talk about on this show in order to stop myself from completely overspending. And not that it's a bad thing. We're all going to overspend. It's a very natural, normal thing. But really understanding your triggers is really important. And then lastly, thinking about what role do you want money to play in your life? And this might sound a little bizarre to think about, like, Shauna, what do you mean? What role do I want money to play in my life? But really thinking about, like, do I want my entire life to revolve around however much money I have? I know I have been so guilty of this, where I will have a bad day if I feel like I don't have enough money in my bank account or the amount of money that I think I should have. And I will let that then, you know, trickle down into every aspect of my life. And, you know, then I'm pissy to the people I'm with. I can't enjoy a good dinner or a movie or whatever it might be. That's what happens to me. And so I had to redefine the role that I want money to play in my life. And I had to literally say to myself, money, (laughs) here is your job. Here is the percentage of my life that I'm going to let you occupy And here is what I'm going to do when I get in a moment of letting you be much bigger than you actually are. So all of these things are just brain tricks, mindset tricks, uh, reshaping how you're thinking, but it all starts from this awareness of really understanding how you feel about money. All right, number three money lesson. Wealth is in my opinion, and what I have seen modeled over and over again, it's an accumulation of a lot of buckets of money. I think that it's really easy to get on the train thinking that whatever you save for retirement should be the only amount of money that you save and that that is the end-all be-all. And I just, I don't believe that. I know a lot of money experts kind of hang their hat on that. And there's nothing wrong with it. I want you to have a super juicy, amazing retirement account. But I think that's just one bucket. I think there are other buckets you should think about. Real estate. And, you know, with real estate, we've done a lot of different episodes on a lot of different ways to invest in real estate. What I have seen is that 
a lot of people I would consider wealthy are not necessarily getting wealthy based off of buying residential real estate. A lot of them have commercial properties or they'll have a plot of land that then they lease out to local farmers or have an empty parking lot that gets filled up when a concert comes into town or something like that, like really thinking outside of the box. Another bucket could be your business or your side hustle. If you're lucky enough, maybe you have an inheritance coming. And another bucket is like good money planning. So no matter how much money you make, it's being really intentional with that money and spending it in a really good way that helps you move forward. You don't need a ton of cash to build wealth. I mean, that is a complete myth, I think, that's out there. And I think, you know, that that gets in the way of you thinking you can actually do great things with the amount of money you have. Another thing is, is, is you know, another bucket is, uh, you know, kind of along, I guess, that good money planning thinking is a will and a trust and things like an umbrella policy that we've talked about on this show I think an umbrella policy, in my opinion, is one of the most underrated (laughs) uh, money policies that you can own. Basically, if you aren't familiar, an umbrella policy is designed to be just like the word, an umbrella. It's something that sits over your car insurance and your homeowner's or renter's insurance. So for example, let's say you got in a car accident, your car insurance has a certain limit of what they would pay out if, you know, let's say you severely injured somebody in a car accident and they sued you for a lot of money, you could be out of pocket a lot of money yourself. Well, an umbrella policy is really inexpensive. You can get it from the same company that you get your car insurance, your homeowners or renters insurance. And it literally s- sits on top of those policies. So if someone were to sue you, say in that accident, your car insurance would pay out whatever denomination your car insurance is, is uh, your policy, right? And the umbrella policy would come in and pay that difference above and beyond. It's it's beautiful. I'm not going to go into a whole episode here on umbrella policy, but if you're really curious, I definitely, definitely call up whoever has your car insurance and your homeowners and renter's insurance and ask them about it. Another bucket is spending with intention and and again i think just really utilizing what you've got so i i love this idea of thinking about wealth in a bunch of different buckets because i think it gives you kind of freedom to play and to explore and to look at different ways of building wealth and it not just be hanging on whatever the stock market does that you have other places that you can go to get money when you need money. It's just my opinion. All right, number four, money lesson. I think this is a big one. Really understanding that you have value and you deserve to be paid fairly, fairly for your skills. I think especially, I'll just speak from a female perspective, it's really, really easy to not charge what I'm worth. It's really easy to just say, oh, well, I really want to help people learn about money and I really want to educate people. Therefore, I should only charge X amount of dollars. That's something I do personally. Whatever scenario you're in, whether you work a corporate job, you're an entrepreneur, 
Just make sure that you you fight for being paid fairly for your skills. It matters so much. There are so many different studies out there that, you know, everything's based off of how much you make, right? How much you put in your 401k is based off of how much you make. So the more you make, the more you can put in your 401k. It's just everything, right? So really being an advocate for yourself, I think is so important. Number five, oh, I wish I, <laughs> this is one I really wish I would have done well. <laughs> it is marry well and wisely. <laughs> I've been through a divorce. Whew. It is very costly and it can cause financial ruin. So really think about the person as best as humanly possible that you're marrying. How, how does this person deal with money? What is their relationship with money? Do you have shared goals what do you think would happen if something happened in the relationship? Like, it's so hard, I know, to plan these things out, but gosh, do your best to just marry well and wisely. Number six money lesson is, I, I don't think you should do everything everyone else is doing. I think that you really need to understand where your money is, what your money is invested in. And why it makes sense for you to make certain money decisions. It's really easy to just, I think, especially when I was first starting out in my early 20s, to look over my shoulder at what everyone else was doing and be like, well, if they're doing this, I should probably be doing it too. Or if they're invested in this, mm, might not be that bad. But the thing about money is it's very personal. It's personal finance. And so I want to make sure that you're making money decisions that line up with your values, that line up with the life you want to live, the goals that you have. And so there's so much information out there right now on, on money. It's so easy to learn about the subjects that you want to learn about. So just do your research and, and as best as you can, find your own course, chart your own course. That leads me right into number seven money lesson is to figure out what your money values are. This one might feel a little bit out there, just like, you know, figuring out how you feel about money, but what are your values? What do you want to spend your money on? How do you want to use your money? Uh, what sort of conversations do you want to have about money? How are you going to talk to yourself about money? Uh, gosh, I mean, there's just so many so many different ways to think about your your values. What do you value? Uh, for instance, you know, one of the values may seem a little out there, but you know, I really value a good vacation. <laughs> I need a good vacation every year, especially since I became deaf in my left ear. Everything is just a lot harder for me and I get tired easily. And so I have to make taking a vacation every year a priority. So that is a money value for me and, and my family and my husband. So something, you know, that could feel selfish like that, that is actually a, a value. That is something that is really important for you. Okay, eight, my last money lesson is coming back to this idea of making money personal. And I think it's it's really easy to get in just kind of an automatic habit of judging what other people do with their money. And so, you know, I would imagine, I hope I'm not alone. This is something I do and I have to be really careful about 
how somebody else wants to spend their money is completely their prerogative, completely up to them. But I also think in the same breath that you don't have to apologize for what you do with your money. You don't have to justify it to anybody other than your partner or maybe somebody who's economically dependent on the decisions you make, but you don't have to apologize. You don't have to justify why you did something with your money. And I think because money is this taboo topic and there's so much shame and guilt and fear around it, it's really easy to get in the habit of thinking you made a mistake because you made a certain decision with your money that somebody else probably wouldn't make that same decision. And it's, you know, it's on them if they're judging you for making that specific decision with your money. But please, just let's stop the apology tour. We we don't need to do it. We don't need more shame around money. <laughs> if anything, we need to just let it go. So Bernice, those were uh, my top eight money lessons, kind of the things that I, I think I've really learned over the years and that, that I've seen emulated with people and the things that I think really, truly help you build what I would call a wealthy life. So I hope you found them impactful and I hope you enjoyed learning about them on your morning walk. In those moments when money is just not moving as fast as your dreams, Earnit provides the financial momentum you need to keep moving forward. Earnit is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. You just download the Earnit app and verify your paycheck. Then you access up to $100 a day as you work and you can leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. I honestly would use Earnin in lots of different ways, but what's on my mind recently is I need a night out. I need some good tacos to sip on a few virgin margaritas and celebrate you all helping this podcast earn 26 million downloads. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security. Gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Talkin' Money under podcast when you sign up. It will really help the show. Talkin' Money under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, subject to your available earnings daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. I'm sorry, but I have the best dog ever. Her name is Winnie Stardust. She is a mini golden mountain doodle, full of life, and I would do just about anything to keep her happy, healthy, and safe. Today's episode is sponsored by the ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program. Your pet is part of your family and you want to do the best for them, but vet bills can really add up. We jokingly keep telling Winnie she needs to get a job to pay for her vet bill. That's why you should check out pet insurance. And with ASPCA Pet Health Insurance, you can focus on the care your pet deserves and cover what matters most. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customized accident and illness plans making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care they need. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. 
They allow you to customize your plan, helping to ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are. Because vet bills can really add up, especially when you are least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independent American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer, is not engaged in the business of insurance. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. (laughs) I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash ETM and use promo code ETM at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash ETM and enter code ETM at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash ETM. Go to joindeleteme.com slash ETM and use code ETM for 20% off. All right, the second Ask Shauna question from this episode comes from Cindy. Cindy says, Shauna, your podcast makes my money sing. I've done so much since I started listening to your show. I finally have some savings. I cut my debt in half. I am on the best student loan payment plan because of the advice from some of your guests. And I feel like I'm just going in a good direction. I'm always worried though. What if I'm missing something? What if there is something you've talked about that's really important and I didn't listen to that episode or it just didn't register with me at the time? So this is a weird question, I'm going to admit it, but I'm wondering if you could share some things you would do differently if you started your money journey over again and maybe through your sharing, I could find a gem that I might have missed in the show. Oh, and do you have a favorite episode that you've done? It's probably like picking your favorite kid, but just wondering. Thanks. 
Cindy, well, first, I just have to congratulate you on all of the amazing progress that you have done. You have done it. You know, listening to the show is one thing, but putting these concepts and action steps and thoughts and all of this into action, that is a whole other ballgame. And that is completely on you, my friend. So it's amazing. You have savings. You cut your debt in half. You're on a great student loan payment plan. You feel like you're in a good direction. Those are things to be celebrated by. And I think it's really interesting that you kind of coupled that with you're always worried that you're missing something. And I'm definitely going to answer your question, but I would kind of throw the ball back at you and say, what do you think you're missing? Like, what is, are there any gaps that, uh, you know, you you feel like you have in your money journey? Are there any goals that have been hard for you to achieve? Like, what are those things that you feel like you're actually missing? As I always think that's an important question to ask because I can give you my list of, you know, things that I wish I would have done differently or my biggest money lessons, but they don't really mean anything unless they're important and impactful in your life. So again, this comes back to this whole idea of money being personal, but I want to make sure I answer your questions. So you want to know if there were things that I would do differently if I started my money journey over again. And do I have a favorite episode? So let's talk about that for a second. It is like picking a favorite kid. I don't have a kid, but I could imagine <laughs> that it would be like picking your favorite kid. I don't know. We're at 978 episodes. We are just rounding the corner of a thousand episodes. I can hardly believe it. I've been doing this show since February of 2015. That is a really long time. I've done this show through having a miscarriage of twins and suffering from incredible depression. I have, again, lost the hearing in my left ear in 2018. There was the pandemic. I did a big cross-country move in 2021. Through all of this, all of this life, I have been committed to this show and bringing you great money episodes every single week. And so that's something actually I'm really proud of of doing because it was tough. <laughs> it is tough, but I love doing this. So I don't know. I mean, I think the last couple of years, we've covered some topics that really excite me. And so I like to think about money that it touches every aspect of your life, every aspect. It's really hard to pick apart any aspect of your life where at the core, there isn't some conversation about money. And so with that said, I like to talk about everything from sleep to how you do money in a relationship to anxiety and money to yeah, how to be on the best student loan plan, how to pay off your debt, how to get your mindset right to achieve any goal. Um, gosh, I mean... How do you set up a business when you don't have any money? How do you get started investing? How do you invest in real estate? Whew. How do you unfuck your relationship with money? One of my very favorite topics. So we have done so many episodes in the last couple of years that just really make me excited. It would be so hard for me to pick a favorite one. But if you go back to, I would say, starting like 
mid 2020 on until this point in 2023, you could probably pick any episode and I would claim it as one of my favorites. So we're trying to be even more intentional with our episodes. We're trying to cover even more topics, dig deeper, think about money from a different perspective. (sighs) I know that didn't really answer your question, but it is really hard for me to pick an episode. So I always say, I think my favorite episode is the episode I just did. So you could listen to any of those and I, you know, I hope you would find value. All right. You want to hear my money lessons. I already kind of talked about a few of them in the previous question, but I've got seven that I think I'm really going to narrow it down for. The number one, I already talked about this previously, but it is investing for myself from my very first job and just never stopping. Oh, I so wish I could go back and do that differently. Instead, I waited until, again, I was married, we put money in the 401k, then we got divorced, and that did not end up well because all that money was in his 401k account, and all that money has disappeared. Just poof. I don't have any claim over that money, and, uh, you know, it's just, it's really sad to have done all the right steps in my early 20s only to watch them basically evaporate in my early 30s. It feels very cruel. And then it's taken me a very, very long time to try and get back to some place of where I was before. But man, when you're when you're investing, when you're young, when you're just out of college, time is on your side and you can invest in a very small amount of money and that can compound and grow And before you know it, fast forward 20, 30, 40 years, that is a ton of money in that money bucket for yourself. So gosh, I wish I would have done that differently. It pains me. (laughs) I get really excited when I see people who have a child and they set up some sort of investment account for them when the child is young. I'm like, yes, imagine Imagine the amount of money that would grow to if you have a 12 or 15 year old or somebody young who starts a retirement account, gosh, and you teach them the principle of this is something you always do without fail every single month, every single week, whatever it might be, it would it would just blow your mind. But I also was... a bit of a risk taker in my early 20s. I was an entrepreneur. I could always find something else to do with my money. And so that's, that's a big one. I really, really wish. But the good news is if you've done what I've done, (laughs) you can start again. It does require a fair amount more money to be contributing, but you can actually make up for lost time. I promise. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited, and it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince, and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30 
washable silk tops, timeless, 14-karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding? or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical. If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because, let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals, so you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this, they release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. All right, number two, I really wish I would have realized the role that my money beliefs, how I was raised, my fears, good or bad, and my mindset all played into helping me build wealth. I I'm, I hate to use the word wasted, so I'm going to choose a different word. 
I chose not to understand these things from an early age. And so I let fear, I let um, scarcity, I let shame, I let false beliefs, I let undervaluing my skills, all of these things really get in the way of me doing the things that I needed to do to build wealth. And so I really wish that I would have understood this relationship. And it's, it's hard because it's, you know, it's one thing to recognize it. It's another thing to figure out what do you do or what do you change? So it really, really wasn't until I would say my late 30s, where I started to really understand how these things impacted my money situation and the goals I had and the choices that I made every day. And so when I started to have this awareness, kind of these aha moments, like, oh, this is why I do what I do. Okay, let me see if I can make some some changes, if I can tweak some things. That was really where... I started to have a little bit of fun with money and I started to see it as this tool and not this big giant, I don't know, figure in my life. Like I started to see, oh, money could be like a flow. It doesn't have to be stressful always. And I can make different shifts and changes and I can do things differently each day and Gosh, it was just this big aha moment for me. Number three, I wish I would have built up more side hustles early on, even started podcasting earlier than I did. I started in 2015, but I had been toying with the idea of, well, do I start a podcast? Do I start a YouTube channel? Like, what do I do for a couple of years previous? And so I really wish that somewhere in, I think 2012 was when I started to think, okay, I need to do something with all of the money skills I have. I need to teach people in a different way. I really wish I would have learned about podcasting then. But I also wish I would have invested in in rental real estate. Even just five, 10 years ago, it would have made a dramatic impact in my wealth. Number four, I wish that I would have not been afraid to invest in stocks from an early age. I remember my dad uh, kind of going through the newspaper and this was before cell phones, pre-cell phones. (laughs) And he would show me the stocks and he would show me, you know, here's where the price opened on the day and here's where it closed. And he would talk about different stocks, but it always felt like something that other people do, not that some, not something that I would do. And we didn't really have a conversation in my family, even though my dad was uh, very active in the financial industry. We didn't really talk about investing in stocks, and I didn't really have I, I didn't really have the skill set. I think I had a lot more fear associated with investing in stocks. Again, it felt like something very foreign to me. But I wish I would have had some sort of education, and somebody would have said, like, "Here's a hundred bucks." go find a stock. Let's just do this for fun. And let's see how this works out. Like I wish I would have had an element of fun around it, not an element of fear. 
Number five, um, you know, I think I probably would have passed on getting my MBA. And I think I would have just gone straight to getting my certified financial planner uh, degree. I love my MBA. You know, I, I love the education that I got. There were really only, I think, a couple of classes that were really impactful for me. One was a strategy class and um, I had to do a presentation and it was kind of the first time people said back to me like, oh, you you need to be, you know, an expert out there. You need to be a, a figure talking about and educating people and and you need to be somebody who's on TV and, and you know, somebody like that. And that just felt like way too scary for me at that time. But my MBA was extremely expensive. If you can get an MBA and your company will pay for you getting an MBA, my gosh, like go for it. It is, it is amazing. And I'm always going to be an advocate of somebody getting an advanced degree. Being a female and being young in the financial industry, having an MBA definitely set me aside from other people and gave me a level of credibility. But when I look back at the expense of my MBA and what I do for my career, I don't know. I don't know if it was really important. And, you know, I could have saved myself (laughs) $60,000 plus interest, right? So a lot of money. Number six mistake, I wish I would have stayed away from buying expensive cars. I bought a very expensive car about a year now six months before I got divorced and I ended up with a car and I ended up with the big, very expensive monthly payments. Now I did pay that car completely off. I kept that car for about four years or so after I paid it off. So, I mean, it was a great car and it got me around and I, but I just, I didn't need it. I didn't need that expensive of a car. I wish instead I would have just bought a used car that was within three years old, somewhere in that range, had less than 30,000 miles on it. And I just wish I would have let my eagle go on that. I I didn't need an expensive car. It didn't really do anything for me. (laughs) And so that's definitely a money lesson I wish I would have learned. And number seven, I wish that I could get back all the money that I have spent on stupid purchases. And I've made a lot of stupid purchases, including that car I was just talking about. But I have bought a lot of things like clothes, a lot of stuff for my house. I, I mean, I, I, I could just go on and on books, all sorts of things that I don't need, that I don't use. And lots of lots of other stuff that I either I didn't use or I gave away to someone else because I knew I wasn't going to use it. I There's no way for me to calculate how much money that would be. And we all do this. We all do this to some extent. We all spend money on stuff we don't need. But I, I'm, not, I'm not fully in the camp of being a minimalist. That's a little too strict for my nature. But I wish I would have a little bit more of those tendencies in me. And so what I try to do to counteract that now is to really be thoughtful with purchases. I have a 24-hour spending, I call it pause. So I put something in my shopping cart, I wait 24 hours, I come back, and I ask myself on a scale of one to three, 
how bad do I need this thing? One is, okay, I don't really need it. Let me just get rid of it. Two is, mm, so maybe, okay, maybe I leave it in the cart for another 24 hours and come back. And three is like, no, I actually need this thing. I actually really want this thing. And then I also ask myself, what's the return policy? Because a lot of the return policies today are not as great as they used to be. And so if something costs me $30 and it's going to cost me $8 to return it if I don't like it, I don't know. I don't know if it's a worthy expense for me. So I try to run everything through this 24-hour spending pause. I try to be very intentional with what I'm buying. Is it something similar to what I already have? Do I need it? Do I want it? Like what category does it fall into? Is it going to get in the way of me paying my bills or achieving another money goal? So I just try to think through money from a different perspective. And this is really where my learning about my relationship with money and having a really good grasp on that comes into play because I can take my relationship with my money on a day-by-day basis and I can make choices that I feel are good. And it doesn't mean that I'm not going to splurge on some things from here and there, but um you know, I can just really try to be intentional with my money. And I think that's just what it comes back to for me, Cindy. So thanks for a great question, Bernice. Cindy, these were magical questions that I think really go well together. Hopefully everyone listening, hopefully you were able to pick out some gems or maybe think about some money thing, money lessons that you wish you would have learned along the way. Maybe you can relate to some of the money lessons that I shared. If you enjoyed this episode, hop on over to Instagram. I'm at Shauna Game and you can follow along. I share a lot of Ask Shauna questions on my Instagram account and different reels and things like that. So if you're looking for for more of the kind of raw uh, Shauna money advice, hop over to Instagram, follow me at Shauna Game and check it out there. As always, you can head to the show notes for all the links to our sponsors who make this show possible. And I'll see you back here in a few days, my friend, for a brand new episode.